0: redirects and how to use them welcome to the audacity to podcast episode 280 Thank you for joining me for this episode of the audacity to podcast. I'm Daniel J. Lewis, and this is the award-winning in-depth podcast about podcasting. It's where I give you the guts and teach you the tools to launch or improve your own podcast for sharing your passions and finding success. And boy, are we going to get in depth into one of those tools in this episode? You frequently hear podcasters talk about the importance of redirects. Oh, make sure you place a 301 redirect on that. Make sure you can redirect your feed. Make sure you redirect that thing. And oh, my redirects are broken and all of this stuff. What are we actually talking about when we say redirects? And how can you use these redirects? I want to talk about some of the stuff like 301 and 307 redirects, what these different redirects are, which one you should be using, how to make these redirects, why they're important, and some of the other general guidelines on using redirects with your podcast. If you want to follow along in the show notes, which I do recommend you do because some of what I'll be describing, you'll want to see in the notes when I'm talking about URLs and the differences and what's redirecting to what. Follow along in the show notes for episode 280 at theaudacitypodcast.com slash redirects. And yes, that is a redirect as well. It's a 301 permanent redirect. So that leads into the first thing, the redirect types. When data is requested through the internet, it usually includes extra information in what we call the header. This could help with caching, identification, and redirection, among other things. With this header comes a response code, a three-digit number that corresponds to a behavior or a result. For example, you're probably familiar with response code 404, or we call it 404. 404 is a response code that means not found, and it's what you would get if the data you're trying to load can't be accessed. Maybe the URL was entered incorrectly, maybe the URL is now broken, maybe the server is messing up. Maybe the permissions aren't set properly. Maybe you're not logged in. For whatever reason, it's not saying that the data doesn't exist. It's saying that it can't be found in the way that you're looking for it. That's error code 404 or response code 404. When we talk about redirects by their numbers, 301, 307, and such, we are referring to technical differences in the response codes and how those are interpreted. So there are several different kinds of redirects and more than I even knew before I started doing the research for this episode. There are 300, 301, 302, 303, 304, 305, 306, 307, and 308 redirects. The most common ones are 301 and 307 with some variations to them. So I'll start with those, 301 and 308 permanent redirect. This is the most common redirect you hear us talk about in podcasting. This redirect is permanent and it's cacheable. It's like telling the post office, and I'm going to use this post office metaphor throughout this episode, but a 301 redirect or a 308 permanent redirect is like telling the post office to forward all your mail to a new location and notify the sender of your change of address so that the sender will start sending your mail directly to that new location instead of sending it to the old location. Being a permanent redirect, any search engine ranking on that old URL will be forwarded on to the new URL and apps should eventually stop looking at that old URL and start looking at the new URL because it's like with the post office example, they've received that change of address notice and so they should at some point start looking to the new URL. If the apps don't update what URL they check, they do certainly follow the redirect And they do often cache the destination URL. Browsers do this too. So if you change where a permanent redirect goes, then many apps might not follow it properly. After all, they're expecting that redirect to be permanent. So they don't expect it to change. 301 and 308 are both permanent redirects. The difference between these is technical. Whereas a 301 redirect can be interpreted slightly differently with some browsers, older browsers that is, that weren't following the standard in how to handle git and post requests, technical backend stuff. A 308 redirect resubmits that git or post request based on the original request. So what could happen... On some browsers with the 301 redirect, if a Git request was being passed, it might go through as a Git or it might be changed to a POST, depending on the browser. Most often, though, what would happen is that some of the browsers were changing POST requests to Git requests instead. So, 308 redirect was created in order to pass through the request in the way that it was requested. So a git request would be passed through as a git request, a post request passed through as a post request. Very technical stuff that I think only developers really need to worry about. But one of the other practical things is a 308 permanent redirect doesn't actually support protocol changes such as HTTP to the secure HTTPS most of the time we refer to a permanent redirect. It's a 301. In fact, I would even go so far as to say all of the time we're talking about permanent redirects. It's a 301 permanent redirect. That's the redirect that Google recommends. That's the kind of permanent redirect you should probably use. And I'll talk more about exactly when you would want to use a permanent redirect versus a temporary redirect later on. But then we do have temporary redirects. These come in three variations, 302, 303, and 307. Temporary redirects are quite common, and I, I really think that we should probably use them more often than we do, and I will give more recommendations on this in just a moment. A 302, 303, or 307 redirect is temporary, and it's not cashable. It's like telling the post office to forward your mail to your vacation spot. But not notify anyone of a change of address, not tell anyone of your new address, your temporary new address, and at some point probably stop forwarding it to that address or maybe forward it to a different address at some point. Being a temporary redirect, search engine ranking for the old URL will not be passed to the destination. Apps will usually follow temporary redirections but won't update the URLs they check each time that they check for updates, and they won't cache the destination URL. Thus, whenever you change where a temporary redirect forwards, all apps should follow immediately after you make that change the next time that that URL is requested. So if you have myawesomepodcast.com slash live redirecting to FireTalk, but then you decide, oh, I don't want to use Fire Talk anymore, I want to use Facebook Live, and so you change it then to redirect to your Facebook Live event, Anyone who visits that URL immediately after you make that change will then be taken to the Facebook event instead of the FireTalk event because there was no caching, they're taken to that place and i'm not saying that once you visit the page that it automatically redirects you to wherever you want to go that's that's something completely different that has nothing to do with really with redirects that's how a web app functions but i'm saying when someone enters that url in their browser the audacity to podcast.com slash live where does that go if it's a 307 temporary redirect, which is how the audacity to slash live is when I do the show live on Mondays at 2pm Eastern time over at the audacity to slash live, I am experimenting with different places. Sometimes I'll send people over to fire talk, sometimes over to Facebook live, sometimes to my own live page. It's a 307 redirect. It's a temporary redirect. So it's going to different places at different times but you don't have to worry about your browser taking you to the old place because it's not caching it. The differences between a 302, 303, and 307 temporary redirects are technical, similar to the differences between 301 and 308 permanent redirects. A 302 redirect was intended to be interpreted in a particular way with get and post requests. But just like with the 301 redirect, Not all browsers followed that standard, at least years ago, and some apps would then force one way or another with these get and post request things. Thus, the 303 and 307 redirects were created to remove that ambiguity and force or allow something. A 303 redirect forces a request to be passed through as a get request, even if it was originally a post request. If you're a developer, you know exactly what I'm talking about. If you're not a developer, don't worry, this doesn't really affect you. But a 307 redirect passes it on in the same way it was requested. A git to a git, a post to a post. 302 redirects are still supported for backwards compatibility in the newer versions of HTTP and in all modern browsers, but a 307 is the ideal temporary redirect. However, you may not be able to know whether you're creating a 302 temporary or a 307 temporary, or maybe whatever you're using to create your temporary redirects doesn't let you create a 307, in which case a 302 is fine. But for the rest of this episode, I will be referring to 307 temporary redirects. However, if you can't create a 307, you'll most likely be fine to create a 302. It's simply that 307 is the preferred way to do it. There are also other redirect codes, like 300, which is I think the coolest redirect code. I'm going to call it conditional. They actually call it multiple choice, but I think that's a little bit misleading of a title. It's actually conditional. This is really cool and interesting, and you may have experienced it without even knowing that you were using a 300 redirect. A 300 redirect does offer multiple choices, but you're not the one making the choice. Your environment, your technology is making that choice for you because it redirects you based on certain conditions for how you're accessing that information. That's why I call it a conditional redirect. It's like telling the post office to split and forward your mail based on the recipient. I want my mail to come to me at my office. I want my wife's mail to go to her at home. I want our son's mail to go into a little box that he can open in 20 years from now. I want my business mail to go on to somewhere else. It's all coming to the same address, but based on certain conditions, it's then being forwarded to different places. Or here's a practical example online. A 300 redirect could point visitors in the United States to one particular link, like maybe the United States Amazon.com store for your affiliate link. But if someone is visiting from the United Kingdom and they visit that same link, that 301 redirect recognizes that they're in the United Kingdom and it redirects them to the Amazon.co.uk store instead of the United States store. Or If someone visits a page on your site, like maybe it's slash subscribe on your site, and they're using an Android device, it forwards them to the Google Play Music Store for your podcast or to your subscribe on Android.com link for your podcast. But if they're on an iOS device, or maybe if they're on a Mac, it forwards them to your iTunes and podcast app link. Or if they're on Linux, it forwards them to somewhere else. Or if they're on Windows, it forwards them to somewhere else. This is pretty cool, right? I think the potential for this is really neat, but it is quite technical to implement this because you have to set up these kinds of conditions and no user agents and geolocation filters and other complicated stuff like this. But there are some plugins that can do this for you on some level. Pretty Link Pro is one of those plugins that can do this, and there are some others that can do it in different ways. And I've seen some neat implementations of this. And I'll tell you more about some plugins that you could use for this kind of thing in a little bit. That's a 300, what I call conditional redirect. Pretty cool. There are also 304, 305, and 306 redirects. These are a bit more technical. And uh, in fact, the 306 redirect isn't used anymore. It's basically deprecated. And 305 uses a proxy, but it isn't universally supported anyway, so you really don't need to worry about those. 304, however, you may hear referred to in the podcasting space because podcasting is built on RSS technology. That may someday change in the future. I can't really see that changing on a wide scale because RSS has such massive adoption. Uh, but certain things may change, sure. But I think RSS is a great open standard for podcasting. And and right now, by definition, a podcast is downloadable episodic media syndicated via RSS through the enclosure tag. So bringing it back to a 304 redirect, a 304 redirect sends a not modified response. And this is an interesting one because it communicates that the destination data has not changed Since a particular date in the HTTP headers. Theoretically, this is ideal for RSS feeds as it would prevent a client app from loading an entire RSS feed, which could be megabytes in size, just to find out if there's anything new. Instead, a three or four response code would allow the client app to compare it's last modified date that it has saved for the rss feed to the last modified date that's in the rss feed and if they match then it doesn't download all of the data if they don't match then it continues and loads all of that data however this is very rarely implemented even in podcast apps it's very rarely implemented it really should be implemented a lot more because it cause a lot less loading for the RSS feeds out there and some of these RSS feeds can be pretty big and can cause excessive load on a server. It doesn't always but it could potentially cause some problems. A 304 redirect and response code could help alleviate some of that stress on the servers if only the major players and apps out there would implement their support for it. So of all of these different redirection types the two you need to be most concerned with are 301 permanent and 307 temporary. Again, if you can't make a 307 temporary, you can use 302 temporary in its place. Maybe your head is spinning from all of these different types of redirects, but here's what you need to know about these two basic most important redirects. Use 301 permanent redirects for your URLs, search engine optimization, and any kind of unchanging things use 307 temporary redirects for other people's URLs and for changing things. Let's dig into that in more detail. 301 redirects are permanent, so treat them as permanently as possible. I know the internet is constantly changing and you really can't assume that the way something is today is the way it will always be 10 years or 20 years from now. But as much as possible, Can you assume a permanence to a particular URL? Most of the time you can't do that outside of what you can own and control. So I think you almost can't go wrong with using 301 permanent redirects for stuff you own. Here are some examples of that. When to use 301 permanent redirects. Use it for domain changes like going from olddomain.com to newdomain.tv. Use it for protocol changes like HTTP to HTTPS. Use 301 redirects for shortcuts for your own content like I do for show notes URLs. You might have myawesomepodcast.com slash 100 then redirects to myawesomepodcast.com (gasps) slash deep breath the hyphen most hyphen awesome hyphen celebration hyphen ever hyphen episode hyphen 100. See, it's much simpler to say slash 100 than all of that. That can be a redirect. That's great for a 301 permanent redirect. Also use 301 permanent redirects for SEO rank passing for updated content. So your search engine optimization is passed on to that newer content that you might want. For example, myawesomepodcast.com slash why FeedBurner and SoundCloud are awesome. Then redirects later to myawesomepodcast.com slash why you should not use FeedBurner or SoundCloud. You could also use 301 redirects for URL or permalink structure changes. You might see this if you're changing settings in your content management system and changing your URL patterns. For example, myAwesomepodcast.com slash page slash about slash contact redirects to myawesomepodcast.com slash contact. Much simpler. And it forwards to that new one. Now, if you're going the other way around, where slash contact redirects to slash page slash about slash contact, that's more of a shortcut for your content. But if you're going this way, where the long URL redirects to the short URL, that's probably the result of your changing the structure of the URLs on your site. That's not a bad idea. Just make sure whenever you do that, all of your old links redirect to the new ones and they should use 301 permanent redirects. Also, and this is the one you're most familiar with hearing in the podcasting space, use 301 permanent redirects for RSS feed changes, like going from feed.horriblepodcasthosting.com slash myawesomepodcast to myawesomepodcast.com slash feed slash podcast. Remember that a 301 redirect should only be used for what you intend to be permanent, as far as you know. Thus, I really don't recommend it for affiliates, for linking to anything on other people's sites, for live streaming sites and services and stuff like that. That's when you should use temporary redirects. So, what are some examples for using 307 temporary redirects? Being temporary, 307 redirects are best for those things you know will or suspect will change. You almost can't go wrong using 307 temporary redirects for stuff you don't own here are my recommendations and some examples for when to use a 307 temporary redirect and in all of these cases again a 302 temporary redirect could be used instead but prefer a 307 if you can set it that way and any of these things these destination urls could change at any time they could be changed by you or by whoever owns that destination url Here are some examples. Affiliate URLs. The URL pattern may change. The company may change affiliate programs. This has happened to me several times. They've switched from an internal affiliate program to an external affiliate program. They switch from impact radius to commission junction or vice versa. Or you may want to refer someone to a different store. Maybe you have, such as I do, the audacitypodcast.com slash ATR2100. Right now that takes you to a page with several different relevant affiliate links, including obviously the affiliate link to the Audio-Technica ATR2100 USB microphone. But maybe you want that to redirect someone directly to that product on the Amazon.com store. Well, at some point, maybe I decide I don't want to promote Amazon.com anymore. I've got a better relationship with this other company. So I'm going to now change that redirect to point to my affiliate link through that company. Same product, different affiliate link. Those are opportunities for you to use a 307 temporary redirect. Any affiliate URLs, I really recommend they should be 307 temporary redirects. Also use 307 temporary redirects for resources on someone else's site they may change their URL structure. They may start an affiliate program and you want to start linking to their site using your affiliate link, or they may end an affiliate program and you need to stop using your affiliate links because it sends people to broken URLs. Or they may have updated something on their site and you want to make sure that your audience is being taken to the correct most updated version of the information also use 307 temporary redirects for any kind of live streaming services or live streaming url even unless you use your own live page on your site that is at slash live and even if you do consider making a 307 temporary redirect of slash live to whatever your live page is but if you have a slash live url you might be trying different services like i'm trying with the audacity to podcast Fire Talk, Huzzab, Periscope facebook live youtube live all of these different technologies and much more might require my redirecting people from one page to another or one of the sites or services might shut down or change and that has certainly happened among those services that i even just now listed so you might decide to stop using one service and start using a different service You need to change that redirect and it needs to be a 307 temporary redirect so all of your audience will be taken over to the new place. Like I often say, don't tell them to follow you on that particular service. Give them a URL and make that URL take them to the right place. It's like with the Audacity to Podcast. If you want to watch me record this live on Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, then go to theaudacitytopodcast.com slash live. I might make that forward you to Facebook Live, to my own page with YouTube Live or something else embedded, to FireTalk, to Huzza, to something else in the future, but it's always the same URL and it takes you to these different places depending on where I set it to redirect you. Or you could be using a live service that gives you a different URL for each event. So then you need to make your slash live URL redirect to whatever that latest live URL is from that service. Or you may want to stop embedding whatever live video is on your site and start sending people to someone else's site or vice versa. That's why it's important to set a 307 temporary redirect on your live URL. Unless it's a page on your site, then you don't need a redirect. This has happened for another podcaster I've seen where they had a 301 permanent redirect on their slash live URL. And the problem was that many people's browsers... Cached that 301 permanent redirect. And so it was taking them to a different service, a different URL. Even though he changed where that redirect was going because it was set as a permanent redirect, the browsers assumed it's not going to change, which is reasonable when you say something is permanent. And it was taking people to the old site because their browsers had cached where that redirect goes. But people who hadn't visited, the URL when it redirect to the old place before and visit it today are taken to the new place. That's why you should use a 307 temporary redirect for something like that. And use temporary redirects for anything else you can't control that might change and that's worth making a redirect for in the first place. Because 307 redirects are temporary and uncached, any app or visitor should be properly redirected every time they access the URL. You don't have to worry about them caching it or not taking them to the correct place because these apps are designed to follow redirects and honor the specific response code of those redirects, most of them at least. Now, how to make temporary and permanent redirects. Depending on your needs, you may want to make your redirects at the server level or with the WordPress plugin or some other content management system plugin or even in a file on your website. First server-side redirects. If you're hosting on a server running Apache, which is a lot of servers out there, especially shared hosting, most server-side redirects would be placed in a .htaccess file in your site root folder. Or you could maybe place a redirect through your control panel. The benefit here is it doesn't matter what software you're running on your site that redirect always works. In fact, it doesn't even matter if your site is working. That redirect will still work even if your WordPress is hacked, your website crashes, anything like that. As long as the server is accessible, that redirect works. If you're hosting on a server running nginx, which is a bit more modern, then most server-side redirects would be placed in a file that ends with .conf inside of or accessible to the nginx configuration either of these methods of server-side redirects do support regular expressions for some really cool advanced redirecting. And there are plenty of ways to use these and different ways to implement these redirects and formulas and such. My caution here is they are easy to get wrong, and if you get them wrong, you could break your site. So ask your hosting company for help or ask a developer for help, or search Google for the right solution for you, but be very careful with this because it's very easy to break stuff. A simpler way that you could implement redirects would be with a WordPress plugin. I use and highly recommend Pretty Link Pro. That is the paid version of Pretty Link. There's also a free version called Pretty Link Lite, but I really recommend Pretty Link Pro for easily making your own 307 and 301 redirects. PrettyLink Pro doesn't support the really advanced stuff like regular expressions, but maybe that doesn't matter to you, but it is really easy to use and it has a lot of great features like PrettyLink Pro 2.0 and later include location-based redirects. So for example, I have oncepodcast.com slash season five takes United States of America visitors to amazon.com and to the once upon a time fifth season listing there. But if you visit that link and you're in Canada, then it takes you to the product on Amazon.ca. If you're in the United Kingdom, it takes you to the product on Amazon.co.uk and so on. And Pretty Link Pro also has cool automatic keyword linking and other really cool features for making redirects. For more advanced redirects inside of WordPress, including regular expressions or exhaustive imports and exports, I recommend Redirection. It's a free plugin that you can find inside of the regular WordPress plugin database. This also works nicely to track and redirect page and post URLs you may change. If you decide to change the title of a page or post and you change the permalink for that, then Redirection, if you have this option enabled, sees that and forwards any requests for that old URL to the new one. I've used this plugin on my oncepodcast.com site, for redirecting a large list of urls from my old php bb forums to the new bb press forums and some other things too because i could use regular expressions and some of this other stuff and easily import a big list of urls and for some clever alternative methods of redirecting including easily redirecting an existing page or post without having to delete it and free up the slug or anything like that or for some clever support for your own affiliate program try quick page slash post redirect plugin it's free and it's in the wordpress plugin database i've used this for making affiliate wp work with lead pages for the affiliate program for podcaster society for special webinars and things that would need to integrate these two things together if you're interested in a redirection plugin that will allow you to do some of that technology-based redirection, then I have a link in the show notes at theaudacitypodcast.com slash redirects. You could also make a redirect with files on your site. If you don't want to risk breaking your site and you can't use a plugin, you can create redirects inside of files on your site. They have to have a particular kind of code, and that depends on what kind of code you're running on your site, like HTML or PHP or ASP, that kind of thing. And they may need to be named according to that file type, like .php, .html, .asp, something like that, in order to be then appropriately interpreted by your server. So it may not be that practical because you can't have the simple URLs. They may need to end with that .php and stuff, but this is an option you could consider. So whatever method you're using and whichever URLs you're using, I have some guidance on Using redirects for blogging and especially for podcasting. These are heavily based on my experience, my own opinion, and the feedback that I see from other people. Number one, don't go crazy. Redirects are powerful, but they are also best when simple. You may not need a redirect for every single thing you link to from your site. Only use the redirects for what you actually need to use them for. Number two, Keep them simple. If you're making redirects to speak in your podcast, ensure the redirects are short, unambiguous, easy to understand when heard, and easy to type. Avoid word confusions like there, there, and there, or two, 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 and two. Avoid symbols, hyphens, underscores, and leading zeros. Each of these things can be really confusing, and then you have to give Extra clarification and say that's the number two instead of spelling it out, or that's T O instead of T O O, or anything like that, it can be confusing unless the context makes it obvious. Still, try to keep it simple. Number three, be smart about numbers. Since making redirects are free, it's okay to make multiple redirects for the same thing when you think there could be some confusion, such as some of those ambiguous words. Or numbers. If I say oncepodcast.com slash season five, is that season number five or is that season F-I-V-E? Instead of having to complicate your call to action by telling people that's with the number two instead of T-W-O or anything like that, make both versions. It doesn't cost you anything extra. Yes, you might see different stats, but that's fine. It's making it easier for your audience so you don't have to clarify that and your audience can type in either way they want to and it will take them to where they want to go. Number four, stay lowercase. Although email addresses domains and top-level domains and top-level domains or TLDs are the .com, .net, .market, stuff like that, although those are case-insensitive Anything after the slash in a URL could be and probably is case sensitive. Thus, slash iTunes with the capital T like they write it and slash iTunes all lowercase may actually be different URLs on your server, especially if you're running a Linux server, which most of us are. The best thing is to use only lowercase for your URLs and that ensures that they're going to the right place. If you've ever had a problem with a bit.ly URL when you've been retyping it, this could be why, because bit.ly URLs are case-sensitive. Capital R is considered a completely different character from lowercase r. Number five, say slash, not forward slash. I have a small pet peeve, well, maybe it's a big pet peeve, over unnecessary redundancies. Just think about what, for example, pin number an ATM machine really mean if you unabbreviate them. Forward slash is another redundancy. The opposite of backslash is simply slash. People are quite familiar with what a slash is. Think of common uses such as in slash a or and slash or or c slash o or s slash h or his slash her and fractions like 1 fourth being 1 slash 4. In each of these, people either pronounce the symbol as slash or wouldn't pronounce it at all. Could you imagine someone saying and forward slash or instead of saying and slash or or simply saying and or? Also, people know what button to press on their keyboards to get a slash. You really don't have to help them distinguish between a slash and a backslash. They've been pressing slashes for years. If you tell them a backslash or a vertical slash, ooh, that one might be a little complicated. But as they said in the 2001 Microsoft-depicting antitrust movie, dust the colon and the backslash key. Only geeks use those keys. Yep, only geeks use those. So don't worry about saying forward slash. Simply say slash. Number six, rarely use subdomains. A subdomain would appear in a URL like this, http colon slash slash subdomain dot domain dot tld. Subdomains are a way for your domain or server to easily run completely different software or even connect with a completely different server. They may work nicely for something like live my dot com or store my dot com where you need completely different software running that or a completely different server. But they can also be confusing because many people still wrongly assume domains require www in them. That's actually a subdomain too, by the way. So if you use a subdomain for a redirect, they may still prepend it with www. and then land on a broken page because they're going to www.live.myawesomepodcast.com. Or they may even be trying www.myawesomepodcast.com when all they need to type is myawesomepodcast.com. Please don't speak the wwws unless they're absolutely necessary and test any URL before you speak it into your podcast. 7. Point to valid full URLs. You may be able to create a redirect on your domain like slash live. But the destination URL must be complete with the protocol. That's the HTTP colon slash slash or HTTPS colon slash slash. Some apps such as browsers, WordPress, or Google apps and some others will assume a protocol, but that doesn't work for redirects. Think of this. How many times have you commented on a social network and your URL didn't become a link? It's because the protocol wasn't included And the software didn't decide to interpret that URL as a URL because it didn't have the HTTP colon slash slash. I don't recommend that you write that in anything in print because people will be typing the shortened version of the URL, myawesomepodcast.com slash live. But on the technical side of things, whenever you're working with HTML or redirects or menu options or anything like that, use the full URL. For example, a bad redirect would be redirecting slash live to nothing but myawesomepodcast.com slash live. See, it's fine for me to speak myawesomepodcast.com slash live because your browser will assume HTTP colon slash slash, but the redirect can't assume that. So a good redirect would be redirecting slash live to HTTP colon slash slash myawesomepodcast.com slash live depending on the software you're using and how you're implementing the redirect you may be able to omit the protocol and the domain if you're making an internal redirect such as slash live redirects to slash live hyphen page it's still on your domain and as long as it starts with the slash then it should assume jump back to the root assume that full url and then just add slash live dash page to it But even then it's still a good practice to use full URLs to prevent any problems and not all URL shorteners and and pretty link makers and redirect makers and such will let you make a redirect to a partial URL like that. And number eight, have really good reasons for speaking several URLs. When you can make your own redirects it's really easy to throw them all over the place in your podcast. Follow me on Twitter at the Audacity to slash Twitter and on Facebook at the Audacity to slash Facebook and on YouTube at the Audacity to slash YouTube. Subscribe in iTunes at the Audacity to slash iTunes. Visit the website at the Audacity to Look at the show notes at the Audacity to slash redirects. See, I've given you so many URLs right now. The best thing to do is to point people to a single url for your show notes and from there they can get all of your other links and resources and by the way that url for your show notes yes make that a speakable friendly redirect a 301 permanent redirect that takes them to your full show notes urls i've talked about that previously you don't want to change the permalink inside of wordpress because that can hurt your usability and your search engine optimization i would love your thoughts on this and maybe you have some further questions on redirects feel free to comment on the show notes for episode 280 at the audacity to podcast.com slash redirects special thanks to sven bransma from the netherlands and the project podcast for this kind review in the netherlands store of itunes He said, in my case, the Audacity to Podcast literally gave me the guts to pursue my dream of starting my own podcast, and it happened. I now have a Dutch podcast for over a year now. I present it with my best friend, who is the co-host. Our podcast is about video games, movies, music, and technology. It's called Proj Podcast, where Proj Pod is a kind of Dutch synonym for small talk. Thank you, Daniel, for all your wisdom, information, and fun. Well, you are very welcome, Sven. And trying to pronounce the name of the podcast, since it's in Dutch, was challenging enough. So I went to the podcast to try and hear how they pronounce it. And then you're just going to have to click on the link if you're interested in the podcast, because I'm, you may know exactly how to spell what I just tried to pronounce, but you might not. However, you got to hear. The, the sound of their podcast, this is great. So I want to play for you a little sample from their opening because it's funny and you can hear how other podcasters on the other side of the world face some of the same issues we do. You may not understand what they're saying, but you'll understand what they're doing. 1, 2, oh, oh, sorry, oh, andersom. Oh, uh, Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 3, 2, 1. Three, 3, 2, 1, nee, nee. 3, 2, 1,... Je luistert naar deel 2 van aflevering 9 van Praatje Podcast. De podcast over videogames, films, muziek en technologie. Ik ben Sven. So you can hear some what sounds like English in there. But that is awesome. Their audio quality is great. And you can hear them uh, having fun with their podcast just like the rest of us do. It's, It's so cool to see podcasting opening doors of people across the world sharing their passions and being able to share their message with the world. And speaking of message, here's something I want you to do. Go to theaudacitypodcast.com slash The Messengers and support The Messengers podcast documentary. This is going to be an amazing podcast documentary. It's created and directed by award-winning filmmakers. And the content, the stories, the production will all be great. I have the opportunity to serve in a small part. I don't know if they will use the clip that they got from me, but I submitted some content that they're going to use when the film crew was visiting Dave Jackson. And also, I'm a supporter as well, and they need your support. So if you go to the audacity to the messengers, or I have that link in the announcement portion of the show notes for this episode that will take you to their crowdfunding campaign. They have only a few days left on this campaign, and it's very important that they reach this goal for making this film. They've had some some big expenses, certainly, but they are pulling amazing stories. They're doing really cool things. And at this time, with only seven days left, they have 80% of their goal raised. They need only about $4,000 $4,000 more. So please go to the audacitypodcast.com slash the messengers to support the messengers, support this amazing podcast documentary. It has great podcasters like John Lee Dumas and Danny Pena and Dave Jackson and, and podcasters you may have never heard of from the other side of the world. It's got Sean Smith, the mobile pro, and they've gone to different locations to film these podcasters in their studios around the world. This is going to be great. And I love what they call this, the messengers, because as podcasters, we are messengers. We have a message to share with the world. And that's why we've started our podcast, because we believe someone out there wants to enjoy the message with us. So please go support the messengers at the audacity to slash the messengers. And I have the link in the show notes for this episode, number 280, at Podcast.com slash redirects. Now that I've given you some of the guts and taught you some of the tools, it's time for you to go launch or improve your own podcast for sharing your passions and finding success. I'm Daniel J. Lewis from com. Thanks for listening. The Audacity to Podcast is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. The Audacity to Podcast is also a proud member of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. Find more at techpodcasts.com.